You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening. We do praise you, Father. We praise you, Son. We praise you, Spirit, triune God of grace. We praise you that you have poured out your gifts of love on us through Jesus and his spirit. We thank you for the word of God that you've given to reveal yourself and your kindness and mercy to us in the person of Jesus. We pray now that you would pour out your spirit freshly on us today and on me, that you would help us and me, especially in our weakness, in my weakness, that we might be those who do not just look at your word and walk away unchanged, but that we would be those who respond to your word of grace with obedience and with love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated, friends. This morning, we are, we're going to hear a scripture reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, and our reader this morning is our young friend Walker. So let's hear the reading. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold unswerving to the hope we profess, for he who is promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well done, Walker. Good job. Well, I don't know about you all and uh, what this week has been like for you, but this has been some week for the Widmer family. Uh, For our family, at least, it had been 544 days since any of our four girls had been to school. Uh, or been in a classroom. Uh, and so suddenly, uh, this week, we're suddenly trying to relearn how to do this stuff all over again. Um, and for us, it means figuring out bus schedules, figuring out carpools and pickups and drop-offs at four different schools, um, making lunches, making breakfast, figuring out homework routines, bedtime routines. Um, and, you know, on top of all this, school pretty much stinks right now. Can I get an amen? Any kids in the house? I mean, it pretty much stinks, right? You got that, sir. I mean, because like, um, you know, with masking and distancing and all this, like even all the best parts about school have been stripped away. So poor kids, poor teachers, right? And so for us, it was just kind of a rotten week, and this culminated on Friday morning when um, I, <laughs> I, I came out of our bathroom after taking a shower and our new puppy had peed all over our carpet and ripped a toilet, I mean, a, a paper towel roll completely apart. And so our bedroom looked like it had snowed. And I yelled and immediately announced that I was giving the puppy away, which caused <laughs> multiple people to begin crying all before 7 a.m. Now, as an aside, you may be asking why our family chose to get a puppy just before we all went back to school and work. Great question. I have no answer. <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> um, but you know what? Sarah and I were, were um, we, we went out for a late afternoon date last night, and, um, 
And we were just sort of talking, you know, and as tiring as this week was and as difficult as the educational experience is for all of us right now, we in the end agreed that it's worth it. It's worth it. It's, it's worth it. It's worth the headaches. It's worth the inconvenience. It's worth the challenges. It's worth it because it's so good for our kids to be back in real space, real classrooms with real humans again. Despite everything, it's worth it. This morning, I just have a real simple sermon today. This morning, I just want to make the case with you, my dear friends, that it's worth it, that Christian community is worth it. That if it's worth it for in-person education, it is worth it even more for in-person, Christ-centered community, that it's worth it. It's worth the headaches. It's worth the inconvenience. It's worth the challenges. Christian community is worth it. And I just want to just say right up front that I have some anxiety about this sermon today, um, enough that I reached out to a couple of friends for guidance and help, including Ed yesterday, who is much wiser than I am and so helped me out. Um, and here's why I have some anxiety about this, because, y'all, this pandemic has just been wretched, and we are all so dang tired of it. And um, we are all handling it differently. We all have different needs. We all have different capacities and comfort levels, depending on our situation. Um, and I just want you to know, I really, really want you to hear this, that whether you are right now watching online or whether you are down in the fellowship hall or whether you are listening to this by yourself right now on a podcast or whether you're here in this room, I want you to know that I am not trying to make anyone feel guilty or create shame about what you can or cannot do right now when it comes to engaging in church. I'm not prescribing anything. You know your situation better than anyone, okay? I want you to hear that. But at the same time, I do want to challenge you today, my dear friends. I do want to challenge you, and I want to challenge myself about what are you going to do? What am I going to do to take one step towards engaging in community that God has called us to? Right? So I just want to name that. And if I offend you today, I'm sorry. You can write me an email. Just wait like till Tuesday or something, okay? Um, <laughs> so here's my simple case. Inviting you into community. We're inviting you into community because it's worth it. Our text this morning is Hebrews chapter 12. Walker did a great job reading that. Um, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's one of, it remains a, a mystery. We do know that the person appears to be a very compassionate-hearted pastor, um, a pastor with a shepherd's heart who is passionate about seeing God's people edified, uh, warned, uh, and encouraged. Um, it's also pretty clear that the recipients of this letter were at a transition point in their Christian life. They had been followers of Jesus for a while, but things had gotten really hard. And we don't know exactly what they were going through that was so hard, but it appears, if you read the letter carefully, that they were experiencing some degree of persecution. And kids, that means that they were actually getting in trouble for being a follower of Jesus. And we know what that, that means is that some of the Christians were really struggling with what it means to be a Christian, struggling with what they believed. Some were dealing with spiritual apathy. Some were feeling like, you know, the fear and the risk and the difficulty had resulted in sort of a waning and inconsistent commitment to the church and to the worship gatherings. And they very well, I can totally understand why they would have thought this. You know what? I'm not sure this is worth it. 
I'm not sure that the, the risk is worth it, the challenge is worth it. You know, I might get reported, I might get in trouble, or even worse. And so they might well have just thought it's safer, it's easier, it just makes more sense to stay at home. Is church really worth it? And so their pastor is writing to them and saying, it is. It's worth it, friends. Here is exhortations. Did you see those, those, that, that fourfold lettuce? Not the, not the green lettuce, but the, the exhortation lettuce. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. Hear, the, hear this communal call. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Do you see his urgency? He's, it's, it's like you can hear his pastor's heart. He's saying, look, I know it's risky. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. I know it's inconvenient. I know it's just way easier to have like a personal private faith in the safety of your own home, but I'm just appealing to y'all. Come on back. Come on in. Come into relationships. Come into life together. Come into caring for one another, encouraging each other. Yes, it's harder. Yes, it takes work. Yes, it's annoying at times and carries some measure of risk, but it is worth it. Why? Because this is what the whole gospel is about. That Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has lived, died, risen, and ascended to create a new community to display his grace to the world. It's worth it because this is why he came for us to create a new humanity, a new community that would display his glory. If you want to be the best version of yourself, if you want to be fully human, if you want to experience the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, then scripture is unequivocal. These gifts are offered in and through the community where Jesus now lives through his spirit. So it's worth it. It's worth it. We've been on a, a serious journey together <laughs> since March 2020. I mean, who, who would have known that day in March of last year when we shifted to our first virtual service? There was no way that any of us could have ever imagined that we'd still be in it in September 2021. And it's been amazing to see how all of us have been able to adapt to this new reality. For my part, I just want to say how proud I am of our staff here at Third and our leaders at Third and the ways that they've had to just endlessly pivot to, I hate that word now, pivot, <laughs> uh, to new scenarios, new situations, develop new policies, new practices to cope with this ever-changing landscape. We've had to adapt and implement new technologies that would have taken us years to, to do in normal circumstances. We've, we've together have learned how to use tools like Zoom and online streaming platforms to remain connected and informed. And we are so grateful for these tools because they've enabled us to stay connected. And yet, as with any cultural or technological development, for every single thing that is gained, there is always something else that is lost. So what we've had to do as a church for the last 18 months have left indelible marks on how we have come to practice our faith and the habits in the way that we approach church and community. You know, in, in one of his books, Randy Frazee talks about three idolatries that are present in our culture that tend to also infect the American church. 
I've talked about these with you all before. Um, they're, they're ones that I think we really need to pay attention to, and they are these. Um, individualism, isolationism, uh, and consumerism. And these are things that have long battled us, long before the pandemic. But if you look back on the last 18 months, you can see ways that we've been touched by all three of these in this time of pandemic. First of all, we were forced to worship in the privacy of our own homes out of concern for ourselves and others, and that was good and right. And yet, at the same time, it has left a lot of us with a much more private, individualized practice of our faith. And some of us have just gotten used to that. This experience has also isolated us from each other as we either don't see each other at all or maybe only in a 2D way on a screen or even when we're in worship here with masks on. And maybe we've gotten a bit accustomed to this isolation. I mean, after all, it, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but it's kind of annoying to be in community with other human beings, <laughs> right? They're messy, they're difficult, people disappoint you, people disagree with you, people have different views and perspectives on the world than you. It's just easier to kind of isolate away with people who you really like. And then consumerism, you know, as wonderful as technology has been for helping us cope and connect this season, it's also created a much more passive experience of church for us where we don't really have to do much. We don't have to serve. You know, we don't have to contribute. Maybe we don't even have to put on pants, right? Um, and, and frankly, if you, can, if you can listen to Third or watch Third online, I mean, why not just find a better preacher? Seriously, there's much better preachers or a better experience. You could find, you know, you could, you could do that with a church now in Honolulu or Hong Kong or Timbuktu, Right? So, so all these factors have conspired together in such a way that for many of us, it's kind of a tall order to think about coming back to a regular routine of worship or small group or parish group or committing to a leadership or volunteer role. There's just a whole lot to overcome. And add on top of that, the, the real risk of this pandemic and all that it requires, there's a lot of barriers keeping us from one another. Our community muscles have atrophied. Our sensitivities are heightened. Our differences have been on display. We have to work with restrictions and protocols that are awkward, inconvenient, and frustrating. So why not just stay disengaged? Is it worth it? It is. It's worth it. The New Testament uses all kinds of images to describe what the church is. One of them is the body. The church is the body. Each believer is a different body part, and we're intricately interconnected as one. We are not independent. We are interdependent. We are different with different abilities and gifts and perspectives, each play, part playing their part in the body's growth. We need one another. Kids, can you imagine? I know, actually, don't maybe think about it too much because it's kind of gross just thinking about an ear hanging out by itself on the floor or a nose just like chilling by the pool, you know? That's so weird and so, so silly, right? It can't do anything on its own. And so like any healthy body, uh, we are not meant to be an independent part. We are not to be meant to be an individual, isolated consumer, but an engaged, interconnected contributor to the body. And just like any healthy body, we cannot stay dislocated or disjointed very long without long-term harm. The New Testament also says the church is a temple. Uh, Peter says that the Spirit inhabits the church now, as God once inhabited the Old Testament temple, and he's not talking about the building, he's talking about people. He says we're living stones cemented together 
making up a spiritual house where God chooses to live. So when believers are separated for too long, it's, it's like we're like a, just imagine like a rubber band getting stretched, 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 stretched too far. Oh, it's about to snap. And we feel that tension, right? The spirit within us yearns for us to back together again so that we might be his dwelling place. And the church is also, the New Testament says, a family with God as our adoptive father, with Jesus as our big brother, and with each other as brothers and sisters. And families aren't meant to be separated. Healthy families live together, laugh together, cry together, hurt and forgive one another, help one another. There's so many one another commands in scripture. Serve one another, bear with one another, speak and sing with one another, teach and challenge one another, spur one another on, be hospitable to one another, confess to one another, forgive one another, eat and drink with one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. All of these really need to be done in person. It's very difficult, if not possible, to do these things online or even just showing up at a once a week service. These ancient practices of the church require sustained physical and consistent presence. They require, you might say, an analog experience. Kids, I don't know if you even know what that means. Analog, analog is like the opposite of digital. So like right now, if you want to listen to music, what do you do? You like take your mom or dad's phone, you hit a button, and there's Elsa singing Let It Go, right? Do you still listen to that? I don't know. It's like one of my favorite songs. Um, But, you know, when we were kids, when us older people were kids, there was like something like physical that you had to actually put into a machine. And this, and this is coming back. The analog experience is being revived. I was in New York a little bit ago, and I was in Brooklyn, and I went into a coffee shop, and literally there was a hipster sitting at a table with a record player sitting in front of him. I'm like, dude, do you really carry that around? <laughs> Records are making a comeback. Cassette tapes are making a comeback. Why? There is something in us that longs for the embodied, that knows that there is something in us that needs the physical connection. And let me tell you, friends, all the most important things about church life are analog. All of them. Embodied, really knowing each other, loving one another, sacrificing one another. You can get communication online, but you can't get communion. You can get information at a showing up at a once a week event, but you can't get transformation. That requires real embodied, messy, analog experience of the Christian community. So to sum up, to be a Christian is to be in community. Joseph Hellerman says, in Scripture, salvation is a community-creating event. We are members of a body. We are living stones in a temple. We are siblings in a new family by yourself or even just with your, you know, your, your own biological family. You are incomplete. You can't live into your ultimate purpose as a single part away from the body or a single brick apart from the building, or an orphan child away from the family. If you want to be fully you, to taste the power of the Spirit, to experience real and lasting transformation, then it means getting serious about the practice of Christian community. Now, let me say this, okay? Here's, my, here's, here's, here's me getting back to the, my disclaimers in the beginning. I do realize there are very genuine reasons that some of us have that prevent us from being in person right now. Um, Some of us have health conditions that require us to stay at home. Uh, Some of us have very young children, and your capacity is so thin that being here on Sunday morning is just too much. Some of you are battling tremendously stressful situations, either with your kids or your parents or something else, that make doing anything right now very difficult. 
And I understand and I honor and respect the place you are in and the reasons you have for the decisions that you need to make for you and your family at this particular time. So this is what I want to invite you into today. I want every person to think about this. Kids, you too, okay? What is one step? What is one step that you are going to take towards more fully engaging in Christian community? Just one step. I'm not prescribing what that would be. So if you're listening to this right now, wherever you are, sometime in the next week, and you're on a run on Belle Isle, listening to this as a podcast, hey, why not tune in next Sunday at 8.45 and 11 and watch with a couple hundred other people? You know, if you're watching this online this morning and you have the capacity for it, maybe start attending in person. If you're unable to do that, maybe call somebody up this week from the church and get together with them outside, have a cup of coffee, and pray for each other. It could be signing up to be a helper in a Sunday school class for our kids or tutoring a child on Wednesday night. Uh, kids, it could mean, for those of you kids who are older, it could mean come in, starting to come to Club 56 or our student ministry. All of those events are happening outside, and they're really awesome. We'd love for you to consider joining a parish group, uh, most of which will be eating out, meeting outside this fall. Our leaders have been working really hard. This, these groups are the signature way that we are inviting you to experience church as a family on mission together. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, it is inconvenient. Yes, there are risks. We are doing all that we can to mitigate them, requiring our teachers to wear masks, encouraging vaccinations, following CDC guidelines, reviewing our policies every week. But y'all, listen, we can't take away all the risks, and I certainly cannot mitigate the inconvenience of this all. I get it. So here's what we're simply inviting you to do. Take whatever it is that is most preventing you from engaging in community right now, whether it's fear, anxiety, uh, frustration, resentment, apathy, take whatever it is, hold it up to the Lord. Say, here's, here's where I am, Lord. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do to take one step in obeying your call to engage in community? Just ask him. Friends, it's worth it. Sarah and I met uh, yesterday. We went over to Stella's on Grove. We got a glass of wine, pulled out an Excel spreadsheet, and started to develop all the systems that we needed now that we've seen our pain points. <laughs> I mean, it would make like an engineer jealous to see the systems that we came up with. And we even got some baby gates to keep the puppy in the kitchen so he doesn't pee in the rug. So we're going to do this all over again because it's worth it. It's worth it for our kids. It's worth it for our family. How much more is it worth it to be a part of the family that Jesus died to create? How much more is it worth it to be a part of this new humanity, the new community that Jesus created through his gospel in the Spirit? that we can be a part of his great work, his great mission to the world. So let's just, let's just do that. Let's just take a moment. Just talk to God. Say, Lord, here's, here's what's preventing me. What do you want me to do? What's the one step you want me to take? Let's do that now. Let's take a moment of quiet.
Thank you, Jesus, that when you came among us, you created a new community that we see at Pentecost that you brought together people of diverse nations, tribes, cultures, that you are tearing down barriers, that you are bringing together people from different races, different cultures, different ages and generations, different worldviews, different social and political groupings. You are bringing all these people together to build a new family, not based on culture, blood, or worldview, but based on the grace of Jesus. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. Help us to obey you in whatever it is that you are calling us to do, to take one step towards more full engagement in this community that you love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.